Come on in, sit back and relax. You're listening to episode 196 of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Eskowitz, founder of Ezra Group Consulting. And this podcast features interviews, news, and analysis all about the trends and best practices in wealth management technology. And my guest for this episode is Sindhu Joseph from Cognicore. Now, this episode is a deep dive on AI technology. And who better to talk about the difference between chatbots, machine learning, and chat GPT than someone with an actual PhD in artificial intelligence and, oh, by the way, six patents. So Sindhu originally founded Cognicore Technologies in Spain in 2013. And while she was running the company there, she won the uh, European Union's inaugural award for the most innovative tech company, impressive, and even gave a speech at the European Parliament. She then relaunched Cognicore in the US in 2018, and you'll get to hear all about what they're up to in just a few minutes. But before we get started, I have a message for executives at broker-dealers, RIAs, family offices, or TAMPs. Your tech debt is holding back your business growth. Your old software platform is rusty and falling apart. I can hear the rust falling off your systems right now. And you need either a complete overhaul or to be replaced entirely. Your disparate systems don't communicate with each other, and it's driving your ops staff and advisors crazy with manual processes and errors. If that describes your systems, you should run, not walk to our website, EzraGroupLLC.com, and fill out the Contact Us form on the homepage. Our experienced team can evaluate your current tech stack and ecosystem, deliver targeted recommendations, optimize your existing platforms and operations, or run an RFP and help you implement some new software to take your firm to the next level. You can take advantage of our free consultations by going to EzraGroupLLC.com. I have a message for you. If you are the executive at a broker-dealer, enterprise RIA, family office, or a TAMP, your tech debt is holding you back. Your old software platforms are rusty and falling apart, and they need a complete overhaul or to be replaced entirely. Your disparate systems don't communicate with each other, and it's driving your ops staff and advisors crazy with manual processes and other errors. If this describes your company and your, and your tech infrastructure, you should run, not walk to our website, EzraGroupLLC.com, and fill out the Contact Us form on the homepage. Our experienced team can evaluate your technology ecosystem, deliver targeted recommendations, optimize your existing systems and operations, or run an RFP RFI and help you implement new software to help take your firm to the next level. And a few quick housekeeping notes before we continue. We at Ezra Group support a number of nonprofit organizations that do fantastic work for a variety of causes. One you should check out is the Invest in Others Foundation, which you can learn more about at investinothers.org. Please subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And now, let's kick this thing off. Founder CEO of Cognicore, Sindhu Joseph. Sindhu, welcome to the program. Thank you, Craig. Uh, excited to be here. I'm so glad you could find some time for us. I know you are extraordinarily busy and you are traveling right now. Can you tell us where are you calling in from? I'm right now calling in from India. I'm actually visiting my team and spending some time with them. And where in India are you? I'm in the south um, part of India, which is called Kerala. It's a pretty nice place uh, with a lot of, you know, backwaters and greenery. It's a very relaxing place. I wish I was there. I'm I'm here working, so I'm I'm jealous. Well, you're doing is it a, you're you're doing combination work vacation? 
Um, I wish it was that, but it's mostly work and um, hopefully a little bit of vacation. Well, I hope you do get some in, but I really appreciate you taking the time because I know it's it's 12 hours later, so it's, it's 2 o'clock in the morning where you are now. So thank you so much for, for being up. But can you please share with us a 30-second elevator pitch for Cognicor? Sure. Uh, so um, Cognicor is an AI assistant platform purpose-built for the wealth industry. It's um, uh, purpose-built for the financial advisors. So financial advisors spend a lot of time in routine operational tasks, and uh, Cognicor AI Assistant is here to kind of take over all of those routine uh, tasks and guide them through the decision-making process so that they can really focus on the customer engagement and expanding their portfolios. That's really what Cognicor's focus is. I saw uh, an early version of one of your products at the Pershing Insight Conference, I believe in 2019, summer 2019. And that was a, uh, a chatbot where uh, Pershing has a proof of concept that could go in and say, as an advisor, just chat with it and say, my client lost their debit card. How do I get them a new one? And it would go bring up the right form, fill out all the client's information, for the advisors, all they had to do is you know fill in the, the last bits and hit print and get it signed and go. That was so cool. Um, was that what were one of the reasons why you you founded Cognicor? What what gaps did you see in the market back then? So if you um, look at let's say uh, traditional you know other industries like um, e-commerce or travel, like you know if you want to buy something from Amazon, it in a few uh, clicks you have that product. Uh, on your doorstep within a couple of hours. Similarly, if you want to hire an Uber, it's like, you know, again, a couple of clicks and the experience is very, very seamless and instantaneous, personalized, ubiquitous. So that is uh, what we are used to as a consumer. But when it comes to wealth, which is so fundamental to our own existence, everything breaks down. The experience breaks down, the efficiencies breaks down. So if imagine like anytime you want to kind of um, take a distribution from your 401k or even like, you know, change a simple thing as a beneficiary for your retirement account. You know, I have no clue how to do that. So, um, uh, so I think traditionally the wealth industry has been, um, not focusing on the experience aspect of it as a, you know, for an investor or for, you know, other stakeholders like advisors. And behind the scenes, you know, behind these broken experiences, there are a lot of efficiency gaps because there are a lot of manual processes that's been happening. So, um, uh, so this is where we believe that, you know, AI and automation can fundamentally change that equation. So, uh, I believe I, I approach AI from the, you know, point of view of how can we augment human efficiencies at scale? So that is really the role of AI that I see. And um, I have been spending um, a lot of time working with AI technologies much before the um, large language models, the foundational technologies has been a hype. So a uh, couple of decades of experience in building AI solutions. So um, so this is where I see that you know the um, industry can really utilize AI solutions uh, in terms of both creating an experience shift and building efficiencies. 
So um, it's not just um, a nice to have, it is really a must have at this moment uh, for, because um, uh, as, as we all know, like, you know, there is a huge wealth transfer that is happening from an older generation, baby boomers to millennials, and they are used to this Amazon Uber kind of experience. And um, if they don't see that same experience with uh, wealth, with the wealth industry, like you know, they are going to demand that experience. So uh, it is a historic opportunity for uh, all of us in the industry to kind of revolutionize both this experience and efficiency. That's really where the, you know, it, it really came from. Uh, and I believe by uh, doing this experience shift and um, uh, making it seamless, there are a lot of like, you know, we are actually democratizing the access to wealth. There are a lot more people who can um, really work with the industry and um, create wealth for them. So that's really the goal of uh, Cognifor and why I was really inspired to do this. One interesting thing you said was augmenting human experience at scale. I like the idea of augmentation because there are some fears around AI replacing humans, but I, I see it as just pushing people higher up the value chain. That as technology is always going to is go, always going to start automating manual tasks. It's never going to stop from the cotton gin to you know the, the assembly line uh, you know, to the telephone, right, that, that automates things. So it's never going to end. It's just going to keep pushing humans up and you're constantly looking for more value. So let's talk about some use cases that you find uh, very popular. Oh, before that, let's talk about the difference between different types of AI. So I mentioned earlier the chat bot, then there's machine learning, then there's natural language processing, and then generative AI. Can you just do a quick uh, 30 seconds on, on those and differences between them so people understand what's one versus the other? Yeah, uh, so in, in general, like, you know, AI is basically trying to create intelligence um, and create tasks that are, you know, normally um, need human intelligence to execute. And we are trying to kind of um, uh, automate the, those uh, using AI. So the um, one of the fundamental uh, building blocks of that is understanding human language or, you know, how we are able to communicate with humans. So this is um, uh, where the chatbots come in, um, where we can actually uh, talk to a machine in natural language and um, communicate those instructions, what we want to get uh, things done and how we can um, you know, use AI to do that. So uh, initial set of chatbots were a, um, just a you know, number of scripts that you would execute. So you would painfully um, articulate what you want to um, uh, get done with every single instruction and uh, you would train the um, algorithms to kind of understand that particular um, uh, instruction in different various like you know um, ways of asking those so that were the initial set of chatbots uh, it had many uh, ways of uh, building it, a certain number of um, uh, different uh, technologies in machine learning, like different algorithms uh, that were used in machine learning was uh, part of this kind of a chatbot building process. So, or any kind of statistical processing was used. So that was the initial set of chatbots. We then um, went into 
uh, augmenting this technology with deep learning uh, algorithms, which was much more um, effective in terms of understanding the nuances in human communication or human natural language. So uh, it performed better because, you know, we could train um, uh, and make the machine understand the human language better. Um, uh, still, the uh, the rest of the workflows or like, you know, how we want to get the task automated was, again, scripted. Uh, in addition, the dialogue was also scripted. So if um, uh, you want to get any dialogue between the um, machine and the humans, you had to basically uh, define each step in the process. So that's really where um, the uh, large language models came in. One of the fundamental difference between uh, all of the previous machine learning models and the lar large language models is when um, the large language models are uh, come pre-trained, which means that you don't really have to um, sit and painfully train um, how we interact with machines or what are the nuances in human language. It's already trained, come trained. Um, so this removes one of the uh, fundamental um, flaws in AI deployment, uh, which is like, you know, training. Uh, so uh, AI deployment always came with a lot of training time and large language models to a certain extent remove that training time. Um, and it was able to understand uh, most of the nuances in human communication. So that's um, um, that was the large language uh, model-based uh, chatbots or like you know assistance that was uh, created. Uh, however, um, there is uh, still uh, certain things that was missing, which was kind of the context around every communication. So uh, humans communicate with. Um, certain context based on the um, domain that we are working on. So when I say about uh, retirement accounts, we inherently know that, you know, maybe we are talking about a wealth management domain. So this kind of a context understanding is um, uh, still missing in large language models, but um, uh, technologies like knowledge graphs um, and reasoning can really uh, bring in this kind of context. So those are um, uh, AI assistants that uh, have these kind of context built in with the um, uh, with the chatbot as well. There's been a lot of talk about large language models recently, and uh, one uh, podcast I was listening to, there was a prediction that every private company of a certain size will have their own private LLM. And it'll become table stakes within three or four years because of the capabilities and the advantage it gives you if you can basically analyze every document, every email, every PDF, every promotional material, every research report inside your company walls, then that would provide every employee with a, a tremendous resource. Do you think that's true? And if so, how would they go about doing that? Um, I, I think um, uh, so. Maybe the um, not every uh, large organization would have um, their own um, fine-tuned model, but uh, what I believe is um, foundational models, um, as I said, comes pre-trained pre with certain amount of 
um, data already, which means it understands pretty much every uh, domain to a certain extent. Uh, the um, vertical solution providers would kind of um, provide that fine-tuned layer for each vertical. So, for example, a wealth um, solution provider would train it for the wealth domain or uh, somebody who is, you know, really focusing on manufacturing domain would provide that fine-tuned layer um, which understands the, you know, uh, nuances within that particular industry um, and provide that. Uh, uh, so that is uh, a fine-tuned uh, foundational model. Uh, within every enterprise, you can customize it uh, by feeding in the documents, the uh, standard operating procedures, the data that is, you know, within that dom uh, within that particular uh, company, and you can make it your own. Uh, so that is what enterprises will be doing. So once you have these models, you can actually use it in a way that is uh, just working on your kind of data. Um, so uh, I think enterprises are not really trained to kind of, you know, do uh, those customizations, but specialized industry providers uh, would be um, you know doing that from pretty much from outside that is um, uh, what i i would think you know in the next few years and that's where kind of the value um, you can extract i downloaded a an llm off of github uh, distribution that you can run on my macbook pro to basically gather all my own data, all my documents, all my emails. So do you think people will have their own private LLMs as well? Um, it, it is, um, uh, it is um, you know, having a, their own private uh, language models is, um, I would say it's fancy. Um, you know, uh, it is not inconceivable, but the problem with, you know, where you would stop um, doing that is, because there are no uh, great frameworks available for uh, fine-tuning these um, large language models. So um, uh, how do you kind of make sure the accuracy is, you know, 80% um, or 90%? There is no models that uh, really tells you what the accuracy of um, for a particular domain or a particular, you know, use case or like, you know, your, if, you, if it's your own use case, like, you know, how do you test that? So I think there is um, a lot of infrastructure that needs to be built around these language models before it's like, you know, really usable, uh, widely um, uh, available for this kind of use. Let me just take a quick break from this interview to talk about the Invest in Others Charitable Foundation. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to uh, be participating in this charitable organization, and they give me the honor of uh, every year helping to judge some of the charities that are going to be awarded uh, money. And uh, you can get uh, money for your charity if you are a financial advisor or an advisory firm. And you can also uh, participate in a program that Invest in Others is running called the Charitable Champions. This recognizes financial advisory firms that give back to their communities. Let me just read a little bit. This is on their website, investinothers.org. Uh, the Charitable Champions recognizes financial advisory firms that give back to their communities by promoting a culture of philanthropy amongst their financial advisors and staff. You can submit your firm name 
uh, to the the uh, the organization. Uh, the application is already open. The deadline is July 7th, and the winners will be announced August 16th. Submissions will be evaluated blindly by a panel of advisors based on criteria including leadership and culture, events and activities, incentives, contributions, and impact. Now, I'm not a judge on this. I judge other, I judge usually advisor charities, and um, it's very difficult to do that kind of judging because they give us 10 charities with 10 advisors, and we have to decide which advisor gave the most back to their charity and helped them the most. It's really tough, uh, but you know all the money is going to a great cause. So please go to investinothers.org. And if you are uh, uh, running a financial advisory firm, sign up for the charitable champions list. I would agree. I just think the infrastructure is being built so quickly. The tools are, are moving so fast. It reminds me of the internet in the early 90s or the mid 90s where things were being HTML spec was being modified every week. A new yeah. version would come out. Oh, now I can do this. Now, now I can put an image on my website. This is great. So now we're yeah. seeing that the same thing with AI, that we've got all these new features and functionality coming out uh, all the time. Let's talk specifically about use cases. So Cognicore has a number of very interesting use cases for AI. Can we? I know one of them is onboarding. Can you give us a little bit about suitability and client onboarding, how... AI can help scale that. Yeah. So um, uh, uh, our like you know vision or like you know in a, in a conceptual level, what we are trying to do is um, so there is a lot of manual operations that um, operational workflows that advisors go through on a daily basis. So imagine like you know you have your Alexa or your Google Assistant at home, and uh, you can simply tell your Alexa like you know, switch on my kitchen light. And it uh, does that, but you haven't really programmed Alexa to understand that particular or execute that particular skill. So that skill is downloaded to your Alexa, and somebody you know um, uh, around the world has really uh, built that skill. So that is really what you know we want um, uh, kind of Cognicore and its ecosystem to kind of build for the wealth industry. So, um, like, if I want to change my beneficiary, I can simply say, like, you know, change beneficiary. Or as an advisor, I can say change beneficiary for my client, Alex. And uh, it just uh, goes and collects the right form, um, execute the operational approval flows, and then pushes every data to the custodian, gets the status update. So that is... Uh, so that entire packaging uh, is what uh, we are really envisioning. Imagine every single, like, you know, uh, client servicing activities are um, managed through that. Then, you know, the, the entire industry becomes standardized as a result. So as an RIA, you don't have to really figure out uh, how these operations are handled within, um, you know, within your organization. It just becomes part of the standard workflow and you can really focus on the client engagement and your expansion of the AUM. So that's uh, what in, you know, in a very high level, what Cognicor is uh, looking at. Some of the top use cases that we have um, uh, been working on is like, you know, as you said, uh, onboarding, client onboarding is a, you know, great use case for this purpose um, because um, in, in the process of doing that collecting data um, and um, so there is a huge um, large form that normally needs to be filled 
but in this case, like, you know, you can really um, uh, go through a process of, you know, AI enabled data collection, which really looks at uh, what is your profile? What is your like, you know, networks? Can we um, provide you some similar kind of uh, situations where maybe a similar uh, profile has, you know, taken certain decisions and understand your risk profile by asking certain questions that is uh, generated by AI. So through this interactive process, we collect your, you know, data about risk profile, your, um, uh, you know, investments, your um, uh, assets, uh, and so on. And once we collect all of these data, we, uh, again, push that to um, the CRM and um, also to the custodial platforms for uh, both for onboarding purposes and opening an account as well. So that is one of the workflows that we handle. Um, there is another use case, which is around client review meetings um, uh, that the advisor go through again on a daily basis. So we basically handle that entire end-to-end -end process where you can you know, uh, get reminded as for an advisor that you know this client is up for review and uh, we schedule the meetings automatically, prepare the agendas, and then you know, also capture meeting notes to um, extract action items from there and map them to cases to drive certain workflows from there. So that end-to-end -end experience is built using Cognicor. So these are you know, some of the exciting workflows for RIAs that uh, we have seen um, you know, uh, uh, capturing their um, key pain points in an um, uh, exciting way and uh, creating efficiencies and experience shift for advisors. Sindhu, can you share a little bit with the audience, what is your background in, in your, um, your training in the AI space? So um, I have been um, working in the AI um, uh, sector for almost a couple of decades uh, now. And um, um, the, the background story is that I was really excited about um, human intelligence. I was um, fascinated by you know, how we make decisions and how we um, understand and um, think through a decision-making process. And um, when I heard about, um, okay, there is a field called artificial intelligence, I was really fascinated by it because I realized that by um, trying to experiment uh, and trying to build this kind of artificial intelligence, we can actually understand our own nature of intelligence. You know, how do we make decisions and so on? So um, my interest in AI came from that point of view, how natural systems behave the way they do um, and um, uh, how we can like, you know, uh, have a deeper connection, deeper understanding to that. Um, so uh, I did a PhD in um, and spent a lot of time working on building these kind of intelligent autonomously, um, you know, decision-making systems. Um, and I used a theory called the theory of coherence, which, um, uh, which is a cognitive theory and, um, we humans use that to make decisions, and we. I made a computational model of that uh, to um, uh, for AI systems to make decisions. So that's my background in terms of you know um, uh, the AI world. 
and um, uh, using this expertise, I have spent a lot of time uh, working with natural language processing because um, I believe if uh, artificial systems are able to understand human language, that is um, kind of a holy grail of AI um, because once it understands uh, and is able to communicate with humans, it can really execute tasks that humans are um, humans command. So, um, so combining these two things, the autonomous decision making and understanding humans, uh, was um, some of the things, some of the areas that I was really focused on. So after my PhD, and um, I spent also um, co-authored number of uh, patterns and inventions in machine learning and natural language processing. Um, so I uh, realized that uh, there is a lot of potential for AI in um, these kind of applications, application domain, domains, and um, I was fascinated by the um, the use of AI and how we can um, create this kind of platforms to um, support efficiency and experience shift, and that's why Cognifor was created. That is a fantastic story. I wanted to to get that out there and let everyone know you have a PhD in artificial intelligence. You know what you're talking about, right? And, and many years of experience in this space. We do a lot of research in this area, and there's a lot of research that's been done. And clearly, every industry is is rushing headlong into AI, and of course, at different speeds. And we've seen I've seen surveys that show. Um, in terms of the, the biggest wealth management firms across the board, 80% are either deploying or scaling client or advisor facing AI powered technology. Do you think these firms are moving too fast? Should they slow down? Um, what's your recommendation? Um, uh, I, I think, um, you know, um, uh, the chat GPT and open AI has um, uh, kind of created a uh, hype. Um, a lot of hype, not just in the wealth industry, but throughout the um, rest of the industries as well, uh, in terms of um, adopting AI technologies. Um, however, um, you know, the AI um, platforms, AI solutions has been there before, uh, although like, you know, the mainstream has not been, you know, fascinated by it, I would say to a certain extent. Um, so in terms of adoption, I believe, um, uh, there are certain use cases that are really, really mature for adopting. Um, so I'm not, um, in, uh, for example, in the wealth industry, I'm not talking about um, building an AI advisor per se that would, you know, look at your um, uh, client um, household, uh, the portfolio um, uh, performance, and then recommend, um, you know, turn out. Um, uh, turn out uh, automated recommendations uh, for that. I'm not talking about those kinds of use cases. I think they are pretty far-fetched even today. But there are like, you know, the use cases that are mature in the industry are, um, again, uh, augmenting human e efficiencies. Like, you know, how can we um, delegate certain um, administrative routine tasks that would uh, enable humans to perform better, humans to take better decisions. And that's, those are the use cases that, um, is really matured. Like, you know, uh, the, uh, platform companies have been working on it for quite some time. So I think in terms of adoption, like a couple of things that, um, 
um, large firms as well as the RIS needs to be uh, aware of. One is like um, understand, uh, because there are a lot of firms out there, everybody offers AI. So you need to understand, you know, how do you differentiate between um, a provider with um, uh, certain strong capabilities um, versus like, you know, somebody just using an API and providing some service. So um, uh, this differentiation is key because someone who is providing all of the infrastructure to fine tune, uh, deploy and expand these use cases uh, will be needed as you deploy and roll out uh, AI use cases. So those kinds of infrastructures, like you, know, you have to check whether the um, uh, these capabilities are there available. So that is one checkpoint that you know companies have to do in terms of either they are um, you know bringing in external vendors or like you know internally if they are developing as well, they need to look at that. The second is um, uh, there are a lot of people who are directly using ChatGPT. So while it is a fantastic tool. Um, if you are calling chat GPT with your customer data or like, you know, your own, um, information, um, unfortunately, that information is used to, you know, will be used to train chat GPT's next generation, which means that your data will become a permanent part of the, uh, its, uh, training, its model. So, uh, you would never want to do that as a, in the capacity of, you know, somebody who is handling customer data. So uh, you should look at models that um, uh, can, um, you know, uh, work in a closed uh, space where, like, you know, your customer data, your data is isolated and it is not used to uh, retrain those models. So you should look at uh, those kind of, you know, open, uh, um, uh, open models versus the closed models. So that's the other differentiation that you should be, you know, really uh, focusing on. And third is, of course, the use cases. As I was saying, like you know, some use cases are um, really matured and some case, uh, use cases are not. So if you kind of start where uh, your pain points meet those uh, use cases that are matured, I think you are in a perfect place to roll out um, this kind of AI solutions. Cindy, we're kind of running out of time here. This, we've covered a lot of ground. Before I go, I wanted to ask, what are some items on the roadmap of Cognacore? What, what can we expect to see in the next uh, six to 12 months? Yeah, so uh, as I was saying, like, you know, our vision is to create this standardization in the industry and create that experience shift, like, you know, just like um, how you are calling an Uber or how you are buying an item from Amazon like that kind of a very seamless experience if we can create within the wealth industry that is really our end goal uh, in terms of you know that ai assistant doing that for you with a very seamless friend and conversational interface and behind the scenes automating and stitching together different systems so that is really what cognifor is focusing on so once we have these you know basic infrastructure pieces uh, for example, in our own use cases, like, you know, the meeting assistant, uh, we are actually um, uh, automating certain, like, uh, routine activities, like scheduling, preparing the agenda, uh, mm -hmm. capturing meeting notes, and converting them into action items. 
So that becomes a, just a base for us. And imagine now the possibilities are endless through that uh, pipe, that dumb pipe that we have created. Uh, for example, like, you know, we can analyze the um, context of the household. Let's say there is a kid in the household, uh, five years old, no 529 plan. So suddenly the AI can start to kind of um, create this next best actions. Uh, that becomes part of the agenda. And it is in front of the advisor as they are going to meet with the client. They can propose this that, you know, we notice that, you know, there is no 529 plan for your son uh, who is five years old. Maybe it's time to, you know, put, in, put that in place. So likewise, uh, we can look at portfolio um, uh, performance. We can, you know, suggest these uh, actions. And a lot of these analytics becomes part of this um, enriching that, you know, uh, that basic infrastructure piece. So I think that's where the value is so that, you know, the advisor becomes a very powerful um, uh, um, in decision maker um, who's really understanding the context of the investor client um, and providing really value added advice to the clients. Cindy, you've said it all. That's we're, I'm really looking forward to seeing some of those capabilities coming from the roadmap. Very excited for what's going to what's coming for advisors, uh, broker dealers, asset managers, uh, other wealth managers in the space with this uh, with this kind of technology. Where can people listening find more information about your firm? Uh, uh, of course, our website is a, um, a pretty good starting point. So anyone who wants to kind of look at our demos, can reach out to us and, um, you know, schedule a demo meeting. So we would, you know, be glad, more than glad to, you know, walk you through some of the top use cases our, um, you know, our firm is configuring for the, both the RIA market as well as for the um, broker dealer warehouses. Um, and um, also there are a lot of, you know, customers who are excited to talk about Cognicor. So you can also reach out to, some of the, your peers um, who have implemented um, Cognicor and, you know, they can narrate some of their experiences of uh, working with Cognicor. And that website, Cognicor.com, C-O-G-N-I-C-O-R.com. That's right. Cindy, thank you so much for being the program. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Hey, it's Craig again. And here are my top three takeaways from this episode. Number one, Cindy disagreed with my prediction that a majority of Fortune 500 companies will soon be building their own in-house LLMs because, in her opinion, it's still too difficult to train them enough and test them properly to validate that they have reached an acceptable level of accuracy, which she defined in the 80 to 90% range. And a lot of infrastructure, AI infrastructure, still needs to be built to support these kind of models out in the field. Number two, Cognicore is envisioning that one day advisors will be able to speak to their computers, similar to what we can do with Siri, and tell them that they'd like to onboard a new client, and the application, the AI application, will be smart enough to do it. There will be an entire package of client servicing activities that are all standardized and automated by AI. And number three, don't put your corporate proprietary data or God forbid your client's PII data in any open LLM 
whether it's Jack GPT or Bard or anything else, because that data will be used to train the system and will become a permanent part of its database. And you don't want that to happen. Well, congratulations. You've made it to the end of another episode of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. Before you go, run to our website quickly, scroll to the bottom of the homepage and sign up for our newsletter. Once a month, you will receive an email chock full of wealth management goodness, news, information updates. You will not be disappointed. Thanks again for listening and talk to you all again next time.